Welcome to the Internet Educational Activity entitled Advancing the Pharmacy Team, Innovative Roles for PTCB Certified Pharmacy Technicians. This activity was developed by ASHP Advantage. It was presented live during the 44th ASHP Mid-Year Clinical Meeting and Exhibition on December 7, 2009 in Las Vegas, Nevada. This activity is provided free of charge and it is available from March 1, 2010 through August 31, 2011. It is supported by an educational grant from the Pharmacy Technician Certification Board. This continuing pharmacy education activity was planned to meet the needs of pharmacy technicians and pharmacists who are interested in learning more about expanding roles for pharmacy technicians, training, certification, and the evolution and future of regulation of pharmacy technicians. ASHP is accredited by the Accreditation Council for Pharmacy Education as a provider of continuing pharmacy education. This activity provides two hours of continuing pharmacy education credit. The estimated time to complete this activity is two hours. Its ACPE Universal Activity Number is 204-000-09-201-H04P. And for pharmacy technicians, 204-000-09-201-H04T. This activity consists of three audio segments, a post-test, and post-activity evaluation. An optional handout containing continuing pharmacy education information, slides, references, and post-test questions is available at www.ashpadvantage.com forward slash podcasts. Participants must listen to the entire activity and then take the activity post-test and complete the post-activity evaluation online to receive continuing pharmacy education credit. A minimum score of 70% is required on the test for credit to be awarded. Participants may print their official statement of CPE credit immediately. In accordance with the Accreditation Council for Continuing Medical Educations and the Accreditation Council for Pharmacy Education's Standards for Commercial Support, ASHP Advantage requires that all individuals involved in the development of activity content disclose their relevant financial relationships and that conflicts of interest be identified and resolved prior to delivery of the activity. After participating in this knowledge-based activity, participants should be able to describe innovative opportunities for Pharmacy Technician Certification Board, PTCB, certified technicians to assist the health system pharmacy team, discuss the role of certified pharmacy technicians in freeing up pharmacists for clinical activities, describe the importance of including pharmacy technicians in medication safety, quality assurance programs, and information technology implementations, and explain the importance of pharmacy technician education, training, and certification in obtaining innovative positions. This activity consists of three segments. This segment, entitled Trained, Tested, and Trusted, PTCB Update, is approximately 30 minutes and is presented by Miriam Mobley, PharmD. Dr. Mobley is Associate Dean at the Chicago State University College of Pharmacy. She declared that she has no relationships pertinent to this activity. The activity planner, Elizabeth Reel, declared that she has no relationships pertinent to this activity. To complete the activity post-test, go to the ASHP Learning Center at http colon slash slash ce.ashp.org. 
participants should claim continuing pharmacy education credit for this activity only if they have not claimed credit for the live symposium. Thank you for participating in this educational activity. I'm inspired. I don't know about the rest of you, but everything that I've heard today lets me know that this is moving in the absolute correct uh, direction. The learning objectives you've seen already today, so I won't repeat them. And here's our beginning questions. Have advances in the pharmacist's roles and responsibilities fostered an expansion in the roles and responsibilities of pharmacy technicians? Absolutely, absolutely. So that's good to see. There's no uh, uncertainty in that particular area. Just to begin, a word about the Pharmacy Technician Certification Board. Founded in 1995, the goal of the Pharmacy Technician Certification Board National Certification Program is to enable pharmacy technicians to work more effectively and efficiently with pharmacists so that the provision of safe and effective patient care and services can occur. This is not done in a vacuum or a void. The PTCB governance is indeed provided by the organizations which you see here, which is a reaffirmation again of the role and importance to the profession that the Pharmacy Technician Certification Board plays. At this particular time, PTCB has indeed certified more than 355,000 pharmacy technicians since its original inception. What is the framework for why PTCB and the Pharmacy Technician Certification Examination, or the PTCE, is so important to the profession? Well, I think you can look and see here, in terms of the Joint Commission of Pharmacy Practitioners, within the vision statement for pharmacy practice in 2015, that pharmacists will indeed be the healthcare professionals responsible for providing patient care that ensures optimal medication therapy outcomes. Now the JCPP is made up of members who represent professional pharmacy and indeed this statement was issued. Consistent with that vision, action steps to support the vision have been recommended. In this particular case, from John, Dr. John Gans, who's the retired uh, CEO of APHA, as well as Dr. Henry Manassi, who is the executive um, director and CEO of ASHP. As you can see here, because the complexity and the scope of medication therapy and medication use continues to expand, the role of the pharmacist in caring for the patients expands, but along with that, the role of the pharmacy technician will continue to expand. And I think you've seen in the previous presentations today that indeed not only are they expanding, it's expanding by leaps and bounds. And the questions that you must ask yourself is, if I'm not on that train yet, why not? Best mention about credentialing and where are we going in the profession? Well, let's take a look at where we're going. In uh, August of 2009, the Council on Credentialing in Pharmacy has issued several statements and recommendations. Now we'll look at that in just a second. Lene Mahaney, who is the president of ASHP at this point, made this statement in her remarks 
concerning appropriately educated and trained pharmacy technicians and their criticality to the profession in order for us to be able to reach the heights that we're looking for in caring for our patients. Again, it's not profession-focused, it's patient-care-focused. So, what is this credentialing framework all about? To protect public health and safety and assist pharmacists in providing optimal medication therapy outcomes for patients, which again is consistent with the vision for pharmacy practice in 2015 issued by the JCPP. The Council on Credentialing in Pharmacy, or CCP, lots of acronyms, right, recommends that the profession establish national standards of quality for education, for training, for certification and regulation of pharmacy technicians in all practice settings. All stakeholders, that includes national and state pharmacy organizations, boards of pharmacy, employers, and others related to the profession, are urged to take action. Again, urge. There is a sense of urgency here to adopt a credentialing framework that's outlined by the year 2015 to meet the JCPP vision for pharmacy practice. Now, we must stop a moment and think about the term credentialing. I mean, what does that mean? It means that we need to be able to have faith in something or to ensure the credibility of something. So a credential means that, so that we're able to look at the individual and the characteristics and skills, knowledge base of that individual, and indeed have faith that they can uh, perform the responsibilities and be given that role or those roles and responsibilities based on their capability to do so. So what are the eight elements? One, a valid national task analysis be used as a foundation. Two, that educational outcomes and competencies be established. Next, a model curriculum be used that includes didactic as well as experiential education. That a national accreditation system is firmly in place. That the State Board of Pharmacy provides regulation for pharmacy technicians. That a technician and training designation also be established that ongoing education be put in place to maintain competency. So it's not enough to start out with competency, but it must be maintained. And that a reciprocity process be developed between the states. And I think you've heard a recommendation like that already. So this addresses, Beth, what you mentioned, and indeed, it's coming. Needless to say, I like to feel at this point in how people are uh, working with the use, responsibilities, and roles for pharmacy technicians. And, and what you've heard in the presentations today, I'm absolutely sure at this point I am preaching to the choir. Pharmacy technicians are vital members of the pharmacy profession. At this point, I don't need to go through the challenges. I think we all understand what the challenges of pharmacy practice have been. But indeed, we recognize the importance of pharmacy technicians helping to address these challenges. 
as a really happy note, as the need for pharmacists grow, so do the numbers of the technicians that are available and needed and available to assist the pharmacists in providing quality care to the patients that we serve. So it's not just about the pharmacy profession recognizing it, but also the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which has given us some pretty interesting numbers. And along with it, the third bullet point that you see here, where the report um, actually stated, or their last report in 2008, that as cost-conscious insurers begin to use pharmacies as patient care centers, indeed that's where we're going, that pharmacy technicians will assume the responsibility for some of the more routine tasks previously performed by pharmacists. So as we begin to talk about how to set that framework for ensuring that pharmacy technicians can accept these roles and responsibilities, keep this in mind. Now, we all know that the practice of pharmacy has indeed grown significantly from one that was focused primarily on medication order fulfillment, um, but now with that great emphasis placed on providing uh, patient-focused care services and an improvement of patient health care outcomes is really, really important for providing comprehensive services that not only we take a look at what pharmacy or patient-focused services are and what they include, but indeed what the paradigm is as it pertains to strong pharmacist and pharmacy technician teams, as what you see in this particular slide. In your more traditional pharmacy practice models, pharmacists were pretty much responsible for all activities. Now, in the new practice paradigm, however, more emphasis is indeed placed on that team approach to care. So the pharmacists provide services such as those that you see listed here and those that you've heard about today. Um, the technician assists the pharmacist in the care of the patient in many, many different ways. What's holding us back? And when we get to the question and answer session, I'm going to ask a very pointed question to the audience that pertains to just that. Responsibilities and functions that are deemed as requiring clinical judgment can indeed include different aspects that you see here, such as medication therapy management, medication therapy recommendations, interpretation, evaluation, clarification, order modification, consultation, you add the, the terms that you like. But clearly, all other roles, responsibilities, and activities that fall outside of that realm can and should strongly be considered to be delegated as roles for your certified pharmacy technicians. In order to build strong and competent pharmacist and technician teams, which are capable of indeed providing patient-focused care, there are key elements that must be uh, present, and we'll talk about those shortly. The profession must indeed continue to differentiate between what roles and responsibilities should be delegated to technicians and what are the qualifications of the individuals to whom those responsibilities are delegated to. Now these decisions are greatly impacted, as we all know, by statute and regulation, as you've heard. How do you change the paradigm? How do you move the train? statute regulations, state board of pharmacy regulations and such become very important. But along with that, organizational policies and procedures. And you have to ask yourself, are the policies and procedures standing in the way? Are the state boards standing in the way? 
or unfortunately is custom and tradition standing in the way? You must ask yourself those questions. Let's take a look at how pharmacy technicians should fit into the service provision process. So why again are pharmacy technicians important players in the programs? I don't have to, I think, go over that. I think we've heard a lot about that and we can continue to add on and on. Since uh, pharmacy technicians, though, think about this, and we've heard this as well, since they spend a considerable amount of time interacting with the patients, Another huge vital role is the fact that from a patient satisfaction perspective, if they're not capable, and you mentioned it, Beth, about what are the characteristics of technicians who do well in these positions, patient contact. They have to interact with patients. They'll see the patients before we will. And so what kind of uh, face on pharmacy services is actually being provided? They really do need to have a clue. Training education and certification indeed play a large role in promoting lifelong learning and career advancement for pharmacy technicians as well. How can we indeed expect that they would want to maintain the role if we don't show them the importance of it and help them then sustain that excellence in a number of different ways? And so this particular slide just reemphasizes again why pharmacy technicians are integral members of the pharmacy care team. I included this slide that's a little bit busy in some of the things we've heard about today in terms of new roles and responsibilities. And so um, at your leisure, when you print off these slides, if you haven't already, when you're giving some thought to the types of roles that you want your uh, certified technicians to assume, then use this list as well as others, uh, other examples that we've talked about today. And the numbers can become, or the, the terms can become limitless as well. Some of the uh, areas Areas that I didn't list on here, immunization services coordination, um, assistance with health fairs, um, compounding technicians, um, IT specialists, drug utilization review technicians, poison center or poison control center technicians, and I could go on and on. One of the things that I've been uh, very happy to do over the last several years is to actually talk with a number of uh, pharmacists out there who are using their pharmacy technicians um, in various types of instrumental and novel ways. And each time I begin to talk about this, I can add additional opportunities and responsibilities to the list. As I said, I'm, I'm very excited about all of this. I think it's wonderful. What are the necessary elements to help ensure a strong technician workforce? It is three-pronged here. Training, testing, and trust. Let's start out with training. Since the designation of pharmacy technicians um, was created back in the 1940s, yes, it's actually been a while, various training models have emerged with the military model actually serving as the most extensive and, and comprehensive model. Now, unfortunately, there's a widespread variability in those training programs with uh, resultant variable outcomes achieved, unfortunately. So we must keep in mind that the main problems are not so much where the education is delivered per se, but variability in the length of the educational process, the actual educational outcomes or the lack thereof, how that education is delivered, who delivers it, and the lack of standardization within its content in terms of the standards and the guidelines. 
Understand, though, that today the ASHP model curriculum does indeed serve as the benchmark for comprehensive training. It can be delivered in various types of settings, be they academic settings, employment settings, or so on. So it's a matter of content, not where. Understand, though, that when we think clear about how we prepare our pharmacy technician workforce, then we have to be able to open doors and think about it from that perspective. Just another note, ASHP has worked tirelessly to address these concerns and has made the pharmacy technician workforce one of its top advocacy priorities, as you see here. And at this point, there are over 150 programs or training programs that are accredited or in some form um, or state of accreditation pending. Not to leave out the regulators, from a regulatory perspective, the NABP, or National Association of Boards of Pharmacy, convened a task force to take a critical look at standardized pharmacy technician education and training. Recognizing that medication errors, which are attributable to pharmacy technicians, have increasingly gained national media attention. And unfortunately then, it turns around and sheds a negative light on the regulation of pharmacy practice or let's say an inability of the profession to regulate itself, depending on which way you want to look at it. So in February of 2009, the NABP Executive Committee accepted these task force recommendations. It was recognized that a national standard for education, for training, and requirements for pharmacy technician certification was absolutely needed. And that's as well as a nationally recognized assessment examination as a means to provide assurances that pharmacy technicians possess the necessary knowledge and skills to indeed assist in the practice of pharmacy. In addition, the National Association of Boards of Pharmacy and the task force recognized, recognized that indeed some form of tracking, be it registration or licensure, needed to be reflected within the state statutes. Now to follow up from that original set of recommendations, in October of 2009, you can see the charge here that indeed um, a review of the existing state requirements for technician education and training is necessary. That requirements in terms of the programs, the model curriculum, all the various standards be opened up across the United States to ensure some standardization of the process. Again, to make these recommendations come alive and be enforced. The next step, testing. The professions program, the Pharmacy Technician Certification Examination, or PTCE. To meet societal needs for safe and optimal medication therapy management, as well as to ensure that the medication use process is safe and strong, there can be no weaknesses in the chain. Last year, I was um, confronted with a very interesting scenario. On occasion, in talking with individuals from the uh, certification board, I used to be past president, but of course still maintain a, a very close connection. 
There is a process called quality check, where after examination is administered, comments are reviewed from the candidates just to ensure that all the bases are covered. And there were a couple comments that I guess struck me uh, that I, they were very poignant and I thought I would bring them up. Question number one, one of the candidates stated, who was a little bit upset, I think, about their own um, performance. Here's the question. These questions are too hard. Why would you ask these types of things? You must think we work in a pharmacy or something. In other words, you'd only know those things if you really worked within the pharmacy profession. Well, duh. Okay, here's the next one. I don't think it's fair to ask questions about insulin. Why would I be expected to know anything about insulin? These are individuals who don't need to be in our pharmacies. That's why we need testing, to help weed those kinds of individuals out. Here's your next self-assessment question. How does PTCB certification provide solutions for the pharmacy workforce and workplace empowerment for pharmacy technicians? Very good. Very good. PTCB certification. I believe you know that certification is indeed at this point still a voluntary process where a non-governmental agency uh, grants recognition to an individual. Remember my definition about credentialing? Indeed, that we feel comfortable and that there's an assurance that an individual possesses certain qualifications. Now, PTCB is indeed accredited itself through NOCA. And just as a, a side note, and I want to share this in case you don't know it, that uh, Melissa Muir Corrigan was just elected as president-elect of NOCA. So quite a testament to the quality of the PTCE and its process. The PTCE indeed has a quality track record. It is a national examination that applies to all practice settings. It is psychometrically sound. In other words, it, it uh, is based on practice standards from across all practice settings nationally. PTCB is also very much responsive to the needs of the profession. One of those needs uh, that was recognized was for continuous testing. In other words, increasing access. And indeed, PTCB launched continuous testing back in April of 2009. And there are a number of advantages of that. Absolutely, in terms of faster test results, that candidates, after they take the exam, know indeed how well they've done at that particular point. It also helps employers quite a bit because they then are assured that the individual can move forward with the roles and responsibilities that have been um, assigned to them. Continuous testing has indeed been very, very well received by the profession, as you see here. Between the months of April and September of 2009, over 25,000 pharmacy technicians applied using the new format. Again, quite a testament. And you can see here a personal observation from uh, the senior vice president of pharmacy for Walgreens in terms of how well this uh, change has impacted, from a positive perspective, their company operations. The testing network is indeed very strong. There are state-of-the-art distraction-free testing centers across the country. Over 200 of those centers across the country also testing sites for military personnel in various areas across the world. 
Just to include some national statistics, I mentioned this number earlier, that over 355,000 or basically 356,000 technicians who have been certified through the process. In addition, as of the 2009 National Association of Boards of Pharmacy Survey of Pharmacy Law, there are, or were at that time of the publication, it won't be too long before a new one, a new version is published, but 40 states regulate pharmacy technicians in a variety of ways. This is through regulation, certification, requirements for education and training, for continuing education, an examination of pharmacy technician ratios, and so on. And at this particular point in that uh, report, 28 states incorporated the PTCB or PTCE into the regulations. And understand that by the next report, those numbers indeed have grown and will continue to grow as a result of the NABP task force recommendations and as they have been implemented. And this is just a map to give you an idea of which states these are and this map will continue to be updated as those regulations are implemented as well. Lastly, let's talk about trust. And we must ask ourselves the question, why should the public trust us? Should they? Because if they should, then we need to do what's right in order to ensure that we deserve their trust. So our systems and the medication use process should be worthy of the trust. Now, who's watching our profession? Who's watching the progress in this area? It's not just pharmacists and the pharmacy profession. Understand that other healthcare professionals are watching where we're going with this. Policy leaders, governmental policy leaders, advocacy groups. As an example, Melissa had an opportunity to give a presentation at a recent Institute of Medicine symposium that was held in Chicago, taking a look at paraprofessionals and other related individuals who were working within professional tracks, such as pharmacy technicians, and how that impacts the need for geriatric health care services in the future. As we all know, the older adult population is indeed growing, and it takes all of us to be able to, uh, to work with that and react. Um, I happen to be the moderator for that particular program, as I was one of the uh, members of the Institute of Medicine panel that re or created that retooling report. We are on the map as it pertains to this particular area. Regulators and legislators, obviously, and of course, we can't forget the public. Speaking of the public, if you haven't been aware of this particular unfortunate circumstance in Ohio, Emily's law um, was signed into law on January 7, 2009, by the governor at that time. And this was as, as a result of a medication error that a pharmacy technician, and a pharmacist, of course, but the key thing here that a pharmacy technician was involved with. Talk about a profession needing to regulate itself. Unfortunately, the pharmacist who is uh, involved with this is, uh, is, is doing jail time. And we don't want to have a situation where the type of practice enforcement that goes on is that type of enforcement. And so we need to step up to the plate as a profession, indeed, 
realize that all of our healthcare professionals on the team, that's the pharmacist members on the team and the pharmacy technician members on the team, need to take an active role in governing our profession. It goes without saying that it's not enough to be initially certified, but indeed PTCB requires recertification for all certified technicians for continuing or as a continuing commitment to quality. And if you remember the recommendations of the Credentialing Council, this is indeed squarely in those recommendations, so very much consistent. And you'll see here the requirements for PTCB recertification of the certified pharmacy technicians. And lastly, PTCB is very much committed to supporting various continuing education programs, such as the one that we are engaged in today, which is sponsored by PTCB. I thank you today for your time. That concludes this podcast. To complete the activity post-test, go to the ASHP Learning Center at http colon slash slash ce.ashp.org. Thank you for participating in this educational activity.